0: Hi, and welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm Michelle, and on today's episode, I have our guest, Caitlin Smith of Curiosity Social Co. Caitlin is a generator, sweet baby angel, dream rainbow unicorn, and I am so Delighted to be talking to her today about how to navigate an evolving identity in real time and showing up for people while fully becoming yourself and being yourself. Caitlin and I have known each other for four and a half years, which is crazy, and she is just a delight, and it's been so cool to witness her evolution. When we first met, Caitlin was a trainer and then she bought a fitness studio and ran that for a couple years and then ended up living in Arizona and moving to Oregon. In the meantime, working for a well-known wellness brand that is somewhat problematic. And she had an unfortunate experience there, which we talk about in this episode. And then finally, she created her own intuitive business which has gone through a couple iterations and is now curiosity social co where she helps people build community and develop their audience on social media and i think it is so cool just hearing her talk about everything that she's gone through and how she navigated just being the most vibrant version of herself while also trying on these different identities until the right one fit and i just really admire her I think that so many of us think that we need to be in our final form in order to show ourselves to the world. You know, that we need to be like the smartest, prettiest, thinnest, most educated, most evolved, most conscious version of ourselves in order to be seen and in order to show up as like experts or just show up period in order to be lovable. And the truth is like, we never reach final form, (laughs) not in this body. Like we are constantly... And evolving and changing and flowing as we should, because we're constantly getting new information about the world around us. And we need to react and respond to that information. And so when we get new information, we get more knowledge. And sometimes that means we change our minds. And it's very brave to acknowledge when you've changed your mind. Especially to do it publicly. So I really like this episode with Caitlin. She also dropped some amazing tips for like navigating social media and building your audience there at the end of this episode. So if you want to hear the intuitive business stuff, go like halfway through the episode. And I just wanted to give you a heads up that we recorded this episode in November. So it's been a while. and I also recorded an intro in November. And, you know, last week, a bunch of white supremacists, stormed the Capitol and the Capitol police allowed them, like escorted them in and let them do it. And these violent protesters, racist, anti-Semitic protesters basically walked away. Now some of them are getting arrested by the FBI, but that happened last week, like in the United States. And while it is not normal, it is not normal. Like that is not normal. We shouldn't be surprised that it happened because we've lived under a white supremacist tyrant for the last four years. And he's someone who's allowed, not just allowed this behavior, but encouraged this behavior amongst Americans. And of course it has reached this level, of course. And we also, it's not just in the last four years, as so many brilliant people are pointing out who are far more intelligent and more educated than I am, This country, the United States, was built upon white supremacist and racist principles. And those principles have been built into the structures and systems that now hold this country together. And it's nearly impossible to separate the United States from racism and the structures that uphold us because of just that, because that's the foundation that was laid. So we can't be surprised that this is where we're at. And I feel like it's important to acknowledge because it is such a traumatic and traumatizing event for so many people of color to see white people with guns, armed, dangerous, violent, white people storming the Capitol and being treated civilly by getting selfies taken with them by the police, especially after the summer of the BLM uprisings, in which the police were anything but civil. And were violent towards those of us that protested, and I can only imagine it is very traumatizing and dysregulating to see that happen. And I wanted to just bring it up because I would re- be remiss not to, because everything in this world of well-being is political. Anything that contributes to our well-being is innately political, because our well-being is how we exist in the world. As our full selves, right? As the healthiest, most vibrant, most dimensional versions of who we are, and there are forces outside of us every single day that either tear down our well-being or contribute to our well-being, and as well as forces inside of us that contribute to our well-being. So when we have systems and structures that exist in the world that are racist and sexist and classist and anti-Semitic and cis sexist when we have these structures, they prevent, they inhibit well-being. So if we're committed to well-being, it's our responsibility to look at the structures and systems, the oppressive structures and systems in our lives that exist in the world and to dismantle them. If we try to make wellness individualized and just for us, then it's just like self-work. It is self-help okay, go off. If you want to do self-help, that's totally fine. But that's not well-being and that's not wellness. There's a distinction. So we believe at holisticism that well-being is innately political and that everything contributes to our well-being and that we have to navigate this space acknowledging the sites of oppression that exist in our world constantly that we have to dismantle. And it's our responsibility to do so. And there are so many ways that we can take action and be in action. And I think that in the wellness space, a lot of people have turned a blind eye to really problematic behavior that perpetuates white supremacy, especially people in the wellness space who are anti-mask, who are perpetuating QAnon conspiracy theories, and who are ignoring everything that's happening in our world. And I think that that's not wellness and well being to me. That's white supremacy. And that's not something that I'm very interested in participating in. So I bring all this up to say that this is part of well being, acknowledging and seeing what is happening in the world and doing something about it with the privilege that you do hold. That is well being, that's community care. So I just wanted to say that there is obviously a lot more to say, and there are so many brilliant people who are teaching anti-racism work. I am not a teacher. I am so, so, so very much a student, and there's still so much work for me and my team and our, our company to do, but it felt really important to just acknowledge that that's what's up and that that's not normal. And by the way, like if you have any position of power like at a company, if you're someone's boss or you're your own boss... When these things happen, which they are happening all the time, it feels as if these traumatic events, it's really important not to normalize them and to not just go on with business as usual. If you're feeling dysregulated, you can't focus, like, guess what? Your team can't focus either. And they shouldn't because we are like in a trauma response to what's happening in the world. And yes, it's important to be resilient and like blah, 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 building character. But like, yo, why? Like just for capitalism? Like you got to keep working so you can keep making money? Like, no, that's fucked up. We should be able to take care of ourselves and take time off if we need to. So I just encourage you, if you are someone's boss, to check in with people when stuff like this happens and to create space and to ask people what they need and how you can help them. And to also check in with yourself and see what you need and to not have unrealistic expectations of what you can do. Like, you you don't have to continue working. You can maybe take a half day off if you already can't focus. It's okay. I think we need to start questioning these ideals of capitalism that have been thrust upon us that we didn't consent to, that are just like existing in the world because they perpetuate white supremacy. Because if we just continue working and pretend like this is normal, then we're normalizing it and we're not making it the big fucking deal that it is. And that is how we allow racism to continue to exist in the world is by pretending like it's just the everyday norm and it's not. So that's all I have to say on that right now, but (laughs) I felt important to talk about. And I... Hope that you enjoy this episode with Caitlin, which is a total left. We're going to just like absolutely turn left into a conversation about being yourself and social media, but not really. I think that they, these th- two things are actually connected because, like, we have to show up as the fullest version of ourselves, the messy unclear sometimes versions of ourselves and just where we truly are at and listen to ourselves and listen to what our soul needs. Caitlin says that a couple times in this episode, what does your soul need? And that is so massively important to doing the work that you're here to do. So anyways, without further ado, here's this episode with Caitlin. Hi Caitlin. Hi. (laughs) I'm so happy to be talking to you like officially on the pod. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God. It's my pleasure. I'm obsessed with you. So there's that and everything that you do. And I feel like I talk to you every day because I watch your Instagram stories, but I know that that's not right. But Caitlin, like we just kind of DMed about the fact that we've known each other, I think for five years now. Is that
1: right? I think so it's just so wild to me because our journeys of where we're at now versus who we were and where we were in terms of career and business at that point is oh. like what the oh. fuck yo we're like low-key completely different people
2: uh, but like yeah. in the best way yeah. possible <laughs> <laughs>
0: We met at a house in
1: Arizona. How did you end up at that situation? So I was at the time, I didn't own my studio yet. I was right before that. I was working with a gal who owned a, what she called like a conscious dining company. And she had worked for Lululemon for years and years. And they had, she had just started her business. So they had hired her to cater this event that was at the said house. And you were working with her, helping her, like, prepare –
0: were you, like, cooking the food? I feel like you were cooking. Is that right? Yeah.
1: We were, like, literally – I was literally (laughs) cooking, like, for – it was the Gabby Bernstein dinner that we were – Yes, yes, okay. Yeah,
0: I buried the lead there. So this was a dinner that Lululemon hosted. Lululemon, like, West Coast or something, hosted for Gabby Bernstein. No comment on Gabby Bernstein. Mm. At the time, she was a global ambassador for Lululemon. I have no idea if she is now or not. But she had just published a book – The universe has your back. And so they were doing this series of dinners and events with her, with like leaders from the local areas. I'm, I'm sure, I think they probably did them in like the West, on the East Coast, and then like in the middle of America or something. And Caitlin was there with the team that was basically hosting the event. And I had gotten flown out from LA because randomly someone on the Lululemon editorial team had found me and they were like... Hey, we need someone to write an article for the blog about this dinner. Can you go? And I to this day, I don't know the person who invited me. Like I don't know them. I don't I don't know anything about them. I don't know how they found me. They never replied to another email that I sent. Like it was the weirdest thing ever. They sent me Gabby Bernstein's book. They flew me to Arizona, which was so weird. And then, like, I stayed in this beautiful villa place, this house, gorgeous house in, like, Scottsdale, where this dinner was. And then interviewed Gabby Bernstein for, like, literally 15 minutes after the dinner because she was, like, tired. And she didn't want to do the interview. So God. it was a really weird situation. I didn't know anyone there. So I started hanging out in the kitchen because I was like, well, I don't want to hang out with these other people who are here for the actual event. I'd rather be in the- <laughs> (laughs)
1: with everyone else and that's how we met. So weird. I like vividly remember walking into the house and you were like sitting on a chair with like a laptop or something. And I don't know why I remember that moment. And I like, I was trying to think back too. Is like, did we exchange like Instagram? Like how did we stay in touch? Because then our journey continued to evolve where you went back to LA and I lived in yeah. Phoenix at the time. And we still would stay in touch like randomly over the years and then begin to like collaborate once I did have the studio.
0: Yeah. I think that, I must have maybe followed the person who you were working with Mm. and then found you through them. And I couldn't even tell you who they are. And then, yeah, like we had so much in common because you were training full-time at that time. You had tons of clients and I had worked in wellness and in fitness in New York. And then I opened a studio in Orange County before I went and moved into tech. So I kind of like was a little bit in awareness of that industry and, I just like loved your style and your perspective and how you've always been really authentic. And you also have like a great aesthetic. Not to be super effing, <laughs> but like, <laughs> like you you have a really good eye for curating images and like being thoughtful. Mm. And I just really liked your perspective and I thought it was interesting. I was also curious about like the wellness space in Arizona mm. in particular because I didn't know much about it. We had. Actually, I think that's when I around the time I started holisticism, and we yeah. had a bunch of people from Arizona, so it just was very synergistic. Or there were so many synchronicities, and and so that's that's how we've known each other and then kept in touch. Yeah, it's so crazy. And then
1: even just thinking to. Because then, once I took over the studio, I don't know how we initiated it, but you were doing the in person events with holisticism, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, oh my and God. Just, yeah. And you wanted to do one in Phoenix. And I was like, amazing. So we hosted like a ranking. Awesome. It was yeah. really fucking awesome. That was one of our best classes that we ever did. It was so good. Yeah.
0: That was super fun. Yeah. That was when I was flying all over the US doing oh my events for holisticism. And, like, we both, before we started recording this, we're like, we're total introverts. I just think that's hilarious because you literally had a studio where you would host classes for, like, tons of people and you would teach people. And you also have thousands of followers online that you talk to all day long. And I'm the same way. I'm an introvert. And I was holding these in-person classes and it was so...
1: I was fucking exhausted. <laughs>
0: Exha- yes. And I feel like like my people-pleasing tendencies really came out during those experiences uh-huh. because I did not enjoy any of the experience, the planning, the organization, any of it. I would enjoy being there with people, but then like... That was pretty much it, but so many people really enjoyed those workshops and those classes, so that's why we kept doing them. I'm sure that it was the same way for you. Oh,
1: a thousand percent. I hated the planning. It gave me such social anxiety. (laughs) Being there at the event was amazing because the energy I could feed off of the energy of everyone else. But then afterwards, I would be so depleted after any kind of event. I was like, I need a full like weekend to recharge from this. Right. And that's
0: not sustainable. Yeah. At least for me, I was like, this is not sustainable for like running a business. Like, cause you have to do everything else. And I was so impressed. You took over a full on fitness studio and were running it by yourself at like, what, 25 or something? Yeah.
1: yeah, And that was like the dream that I had. And then it started to become a lot and it started to feel like I was stuck there because in my head I was like I'm gonna have all this freedom and it was like no a brick and mortar is like you're there all the time you are doing everything including like the cleaning Mm. of the bathrooms like down to every little fucking thing and so then it became this like I just disconnected more and more and more until I got to the point where I was like I financially it started to affect the business. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, cool, this is my way out because I can't financially afford our rent. So cool. We're out of here. Wow. Did that feel like a
0: relief at the time or did it feel like embarrassing or did it feel like you failed or was it just like, Oh, thank God. I have a reason to like not do this.
1: (sighs) It was a relief. It was kind of like this almost like a breakup where, you know, it's coming for months and months oh, yeah. and like, you're trying to make it work and you're like trying to do all the things. And so I think I went through all of those emotions of like, but I'm going to be a failure, but I'm going to be like, this isn't mm-hmm. You went through, I went through all of that. And by the time it was over. I could just breathe again. I was like, oh my God. Then it becomes scary because it's like, oh, well, what's next? This was the dream I had for myself and I'm going to own a business and order to brick and mortar and do this for the best of my life. And then it's mm-hmm. done. And now what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you're like, checked it off the list. Honestly, kind of
0: sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't love it. So what am I supposed to do now? I feel like that's like the, the biggest problem with SMART goals. At least for me, it was like, oh, once I accomplish the thing and like, yo, I'm going to bust my ass to like, accomplish and achieve because capitalism and internalized misogyny and patriarchy right that's like what it tells us to do but then you get there and you're like empty and then after that you have I I, I'll I'll speak from the eye I had this almost like existential dread of okay I've like done all the things right and now what like I'm still not happy so will I ever be happy Mm -hmm. like what's the deal here how did you go from being a full-time living in Arizona literally and metaphorically and figuratively, like your roots were there. You had a physical space, you had family there. How did you get from that point to where you are now, which is like
1: a world away? Oh God. It's so weird to think about because it was such a journey and God, I felt like before I made the move, which if someone's not familiar with my story I lived in Phoenix all my life I was born and raised there and then I packed up my little hatchback to move to a town of 200 people in a state I'd never been before in a cabin on a ranch so I feel like I do not have like the typical when everyone's like as one does (laughs) 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 like fuck it (laughs) why not
0: (laughs) that's a true YOLO moment dude that's just like yo deuces I'm out I, I mean like Worst thing that happens is that you fail and you go back. Exactly. Right? And that's,
1: it's always so wild to me when people ask me, like, how did you get through the fear? I'm like, well, you do it and either you like you <laughs> fail or it, it's horrible or you don't like it. And then you move yeah. to another place where you move back. It's part of my experience in some format, like either I was going to love it or I was going to hate it. And either way I get a story out of it. So why not? And an experience when I learned more about my human design, some a three, five, that I, like part of my journey is to experiment and fail, experiment, and succeed, talk about what succeeds, talks about what fails. So it's like kind of understanding that gave me the freedom to just do whatever, the, not whatever the fuck I want, but I'm very much just a jumper when I get lit up about something or know something is for me I just jump off the cliff with no parachute and if I hit the ground and the wind gets knocked out of me I'm like eventually I'll get back up and then like I'll I'll grow from it so yeah
0: yeah oh my gosh okay wait I love everything you just said I love that you're a three five generator right yes she loves a to-do list because (laughs) okay that makes so much sense with your teaching style that you're like let me try this thing and then let's see what happens and also kind of what we're talking about today which is like changing identities and evolving identity, like having an evolving identity or not being fixed. Mm. I love that. I'm a four six. Okay. Projector. So my first 30 years was all experimenting and trying, mm. which I feel like was why I had so many different lives. I was a professional modern dancer. I was a celebrity trainer. I was a nutritionist. I was a startup employee. I was an editorial director, all the things. And then once you hit your thirties, it's like, take all those lessons. Now, package them and teach them and teach them to everyone else and that's the six but my husband is a three five manifesting generator and he's so much like you and our sort of like mantra whenever we do something is choose a better story ethan's got a brain tumor ethan's got brain cancer so we're like a little bit closer maybe maybe more thought i don't want to say more thoughtful we think about death a lot (laughs) yeah (laughs) Not to be a downer, no. but that's something that we think about, and we're like, okay, what's going to be the better story, like at our wedding or at a funeral or at the party? Like, what are we going to love talking about and saying? And it's influenced so many of our decisions. And honestly, we've never like felt steered in the wrong direction by choosing the better story. It's very exciting.
1: Oh, I love that. That just like speaks to my soul. I feel so good. Yeah, that feels <laughs> like you, where you're like,
0: I just got to go experience this, and like, let me tell you about it later. And either way, it's going to be interesting. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. 1000%. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you've got your menagerie, which I love. And I feel like you've embraced farm life, like, since you moved to your cabin. But let's talk a little bit about the changing identity thing. Yes. because. I've seen you go through so many evolutions and loved every second of it. And I felt like every time you were showing us yourself, either as a trainer or when you were super into herbalism and your herbal coffees, to maybe going through human design, to now, which you have Curiosity Social Co. Yeah. Social Co, right? You've been authentically yourself the entire time. It's not like you were trying on different personas, feeling like, to see which one was right for you. You've been yourself the whole time. How does it feel to evolve? Like, I don't know. Not how does it feel, but, like, can you talk to me about that? Yeah. Like, do you ever get self-conscious about it? Because some people, I don't know, just, like, living on the internet, it feels like you need to have a persona and, like, a brand, right? I just don't feel like that helps, that allows us to embrace the ever-changing nature of our souls and who we are.
1: No, no. It's, I think sometimes what the struggle is, is because I've done it all publicly, there was a certain time in my life where I was a part of a bigger LA wellness company, we'll say, and (laughs) I shared that journey very publicly and believed in it at that time. And that was my truth. And Mm -hmm. as I began to be involved in that, I saw a lot of things that for me were extremely problematic and I could not participate in. There was this really difficult time because I gained a lot of my what we call like a following or my community uh, came from that part of my journey and they saw me in one light and essentially i put myself into this box of like this is Hmm. this defines me caitlin and Mm -hmm. as soon as i couldn't be a part of that anymore and was like fuck this box and fuck this and stepped out of it there was a lot of rejection that i had to face and a lot of people oh my god yeah oh my god it was insane For me, one of the scariest times in like my career and my business was really, there was a part where I was really angry at the whole wellness sphere because I was seeing how toxic a lot of the teachings were Mm -hmm. and problematic and oppressive and feeding off capitalism. It was just like so gross to me that for a bit, I was like, I can't be any part of this.
0: I feel like we kind of talked about that. Like we had a phone call or something oh, yeah. and we were talking about that and you were like, I think I'm just going to leave wellness period, end of story. Yes,
1: I did tell you that. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah I did. I told yeah. you I was done. I was like, I, I was so checked out. And I think that's around the time that I started experimenting with, I was teaching personalized meditations because it was something I was doing in my virtual fitness studio at the end, just naturally, I was like kind of cooling them down the way, almost like a yoga sequence where there's kind of this cool down period and yeah. kind of guiding them through something. And then I was like, well, why don't I just try recording these and sell those? And then those did really well. And then I felt really disconnected from them because I'm like, I don't want to teach people this. I'm so obsessed with strategy and so obsessed with systems and so obsessed with these more tangible, logical things that I was like, I love getting to help people with these beautiful intuitive gifts and give them like the strategies and systems that they need to take their business to the next level, or they need to help more clients. And so, yeah, there's been parts of my journey where people will reject that and that the people pleasing in me had a really hard time with that where I would like Mm. I wouldn't look at analytics I wouldn't look at email opt-outs I wouldn't look at any of those numbers because it was like I am showing up as myself and I'm directly being rejected for it and (laughs) that's like (laughs) damn harsh dude (laughs) but like logically you know you're like I'm not for everyone nor do I want to be for everyone and and I feel like Mm -hmm. you and I say that a lot like we're not meant to be for everyone but you step that people pleasing still when you see those numbers of hundreds of people leaving after you say something that's like against what they believe or what they're being fed to believe to buy more programs Mm -hmm. and you're like Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's a journey but it's I was supposed to go through it and I'm just I'm so happy to be on this end because I feel like when we talked during that call I was still in this place of being really angry and I had mm. to let myself feel angry and process everything totally. to get to the point of, like, peacefulness and groundedness. And, like, I don't get charged by that anymore. I find it really
0: difficult to be critical and discerning without sounding petty sometimes, yes. you know, without sounding like I'm attacking a person, you know, and, like, being really just rude or, like, envious But I do think that like conflict and saying that we disagree with people and pointing out when things are not in alignment with us and why they're not in alignment with us is really important in this space. And I just read this really good book called Conflict is Not Abuse. Mm. And it's kind of about culture and cancel culture. And it was really good. I, I super recommend it to anyone who is struggling with this personally, who maybe has been wronged by someone. Personally, like I, I know, Caitlin, that you were. And it's like kind of struggling with how to move forward and how to be the bigger person. Because I think that's what we're told, right? Like turn the other cheek, be the bigger person, hashtag love and light, mm-hmm. right? Wish them well, do meta meditation for them. But also like part of getting through that is acknowledging that there's harm that's been done and that we've harmed other people too, right? Absolutely. Like that's the most maybe triggering part of it all is... When we are harmed by another person, we realize, oh shit, like I've probably done this to others.
1: One thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And that resonates so deeply for me because another part that I was finding problematic to what I was subscribing to and what I can see now with some people is kind of taking some tools to enable I don't know how to say this, but being like enabling being an asshole. Like, well, I'm just like a manifester. So I'm just supposed to be this way. Or like, it kind of enables like these behaviors are like, this was a test. So I was supposed to discard of these people. Like you are a test and I'm supposed to walk away from you instead of being able to treat other humans as humans and communicate with them. Mm. And so like at the end of all of this, I definitely, this year I had, a moment where I reached out to people. I'm like, I am so sorry that I hurt you and that I couldn't see that I was hurting you. And that I didn't give a shit Mm. that I was hurting you. And in my head, I had made it this like, well, I'm just evolved and I'm growing. And like, this is who I am. And I'm supposed to leave. You're just holding me back kind of bullshit where it was like, Mm. no, have a conversation and give the other person a chance to communicate with you. I don't know. I don't know how to describe that, but it, it exactly what you said of like, once you get out of that you kind of can see where you've hurt others and I for me it's so important to hold myself accountable for those really shitty actions every time I feel like it just takes time too right of that's part of
0: personal growth is like when you first get started you kind of are a bull in a china shop right you're just like you're kind of a mess and it's okay and like you're doing weird shit and you're like trying to teach other people and you're telling everyone to go do shadow work at, at thanksgiving dinner and your parents are like you're a dick you know like <laughs> and then eventually like you're not trying to control other people and control the world around you and hopefully we get to a place of like equanimity where we also can acknowledge like we still have so much to learn too but i think on the beginning of this like any sort of wellness or spiritual journey there's so much like holier than thou sort of complex because we're just trying to be good like it goes back to like the binary thinking of like good versus bad passing a test or failing a test I'm not going to continue on that on that tangent but yeah it's tough so interesting. Yeah. I love how you put it. Yeah. So I'm like, Caitlin is the community whisperer. She's so good (laughs) at like, she's so good at building really thoughtful community around her business while also being herself, which personally I really struggle with. Like Mm. I'm totally myself on Instagram on my personal Instagram, but holisticism is a totally different animal to me. When you see people as someone who's so well-versed in that, who are dissonant, in real life from how they portray themselves on social media. What do you make of that?
1: Mm. There's a few different things. There's some people that I see that I feel like are projecting in a way that I don't know if it's their fear of being seen for who they truly are, or perhaps not mm-hmm. really being comfortable with that yet. Or it's so weird. Cause like I can see the disconnect so clearly of like, those are not the same people. And so every time when I do teach about the community. I really try and tell people who work with me, like your clients can feel that too. And maybe not all of them can, mm-hmm. like maybe it does take some sort of intuition, but, and one thing that I kind of wanted to talk to you about too, because I feel like I know you dipped your toes into like TikTok and what I'm obsessed I with researching. TikTok. Yeah. Yes. It's so fucking amazing. <laughs> and like, I'm obsessed with just learning about it and what has made it yeah. so successful. And one of the biggest things, I mean, there's a few different things, but one of the biggest things is how in real time and less curated. And I mean, the creativity of everyone on there is so incredible to watch and it's just not filtered. And it's so, so cool. And it's, we're kind of finally starting to see that flow into Instagram because Instagram was more of this place of like the perfect curation of like who you want to be and who you think you are and who you wish to be and the blogger aesthetic and the influencer aesthetic. And we're, we're starting to grow away from that and grow into more authenticity, which is what TikTok has done so fucking well and so cool. It's exciting to see the us growing away from that. And it's interesting to see some people fighting that or not understanding how to evolve in that way of like, this is who I'm supposed to show up as. Mm-hmm. I will never understand that mindset. Because I just, I don't know how to operate in a different way. I don't know how to not be myself. Like I just have no idea what that would entail. Yeah. You do you full out. And I think that like lots of,
0: I don't know. I'm not an, I'm definitely not a social media expert, but I think a lot of people show only a, a portion of themselves, right? They're like, yeah, 20% of me is my internet persona or or whether they're doing it consciously or unconsciously. And TikTok is, it's like everyone's on drugs, not like on the on the app, but it's like if we were all on drugs together and like had no filter and we're just like doing the things that we thought were hilarious and weird and sharing of ourselves and just being like, this is me, like, <laughs> I hope you like it. So and I, I just think it's so... I mean, like, I love, obviously, tech and algorithms and all that stuff as, like, a super SEO nerd. And my favorite thing about TikTok is basically we're getting blockchain for... Culture, yeah, memes. We're seeing like the evolution of jokes and ideas and music happen in real time, and we get to actually trace it back, so we get to see how it's evolved. And I think that's really fucking
1: cool. It's like, so cool, and it's so cool to see week by week how trends shift and evolve, and how fast it moves so fast. And like, I think I took like three days off and when I came back. There was a whole new like viral joke, and it's like, oh my god, like it's just it's so fun how fast. And then you kind of go over to Instagram, and you're like, it's so slow over here yes
0: yes totally i'm like i've never seen two pretty best best friends friends, and everyone's like what are you talking about i'm alive but i'm dead i'm
1: alive it's just like i and i get stuck in your head and i'm like singing them in the shower and you're like oh my oh my god
0: ethan is obsessed with this thing called clubhouse that we're both on that's sort of like an a social app that's only audio and i hate it I'll send you an invite. I hate it. But, like, you (laughs) might really enjoy it. And I'm obsessed with TikTok. So we joke that, like, we we both get an hour to go do – he gets to go do Clubhouse. I get to laugh at TikTok. And then we'll come back together because we sort of, like, can't stand each other's platform of choice. (laughs) But I learned so much from TikTok. I think it's so cool. And, like, it's literally there's something for everyone. And I don't know. I I know there are tons of privacy concerns. But when you consider that we – literally everything that we do is monitored. It's kind of like – I mean, we're already there. Yeah, <laughs> like, I
2: a thousand percent I agree. Know, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And there's, I've seen issues like I. It's not to say I've not ignored the issues that have gone on on TikTok because there are like I know there was a lot of issues with diversity and show, like shadow banning mm-hmm. certain people and removing their videos when it was like two different body types performing the same exact dance and mm-hmm. one got removed and the thinner size zero did not get removed and like there right. are there are definitely issues on. I would say almost every platform. So it's not to say it doesn't exist, but it is really so fascinating to watch. I mean, even the way the algorithm works over there, I think is so cool. The way that you interact with the video and then you're immediately shown, like you'll see later on in your feed, like three more videos. It's just, it's so fascinating. It's really cool, and I find it so refreshing compared to Instagram
0: and Facebook, which is a totally other beast, you know. And that algorithm is also is super problematic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I. I and that's all that I mean. <laughs> we could talk about it. I mean, if you're listening and you're like, well, "How is the algorithm problematic?" Go read the book "Algorithms of Oppression." It really talks about how people of color women, people who are non-gender binary, sex workers, all get the short end of the stick through algorithms, specifically on Google, but also on Facebook and Instagram's algorithms. It's a great thing to go listen to or check out. But you mentioned earlier that you're like obsessed with learning the practices and frameworks and ideas and the technology. But you also run your business so intuitively, Caitlin. Like, I'm just going to shine a light on the fact that you were both and for sure. Like, (laughs) how
1: do you balance the two? Oh, man. First of all, I was very much what was hurting my business was in the beginning I wouldn't implement any structure or strategy because I was like, yeah, I need it to be all intuitive a hundred percent. And like, I would love. Classic mistake. Yeah, a, cl- a classic <laughs> mistake. And I was too fucking <laughs> stubborn to ask for help. I was, Oh my God. And so I would like some kind of course would like come through me and I would, it would be so beautiful and I would put it out into the world and then it would just flop. And then I had no yeah. idea what to do afterwards. And then I kind of go to the other end of the spectrum and I got really Obsessed with strategy and learning strategy and systems. And that works, but it doesn't work without the other end. And so it wasn't Mm -hmm. until it literally was not until I married them together that I actually was able to reach more people. It didn't resonate until I reached that point. I wasn't financially providing for myself until it reached that point. It was like Mm -hmm. the best thing I could have ever done. And I know I had to go to both ends of the spectrum in order to meet somewhere in the middle, but it's truly the most game-changing thing for myself and my clients and my community to blend the two together. And I think that's why when I witness the evolution of holisticism in you, it's just, you've so beautifully done that. And I, you just, for me personally, I just don't see it enough. I really don't. And it's Mm. so cool to witness because it's like, ah, that's like, that's the secret sauce. Like that's where it's at is blending the two worlds.
0: Totally. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We think that intuition and following your intuition is just like being completely fluid all the time. And that's part of it. But also like, just like with art, I use this metaphor all the time. Like, When you're creating art, you need parameters. You need some structure to what you're going to make. And you can always get rid of those parameters, right? Like, or those constraints on yourself if you find them to be limiting, but you have to start somewhere. It's like when a plant starts growing, it needs a lattice to like grow up, right? Or some sort of structure to grow up in order to get really tall. And then eventually it doesn't need that to stand up anymore. But It's so important, and we like we rage against that machine so hard. We're just like, fuck it, I don't need a calendar, I don't need a system. Like, I'm different, you know?
1: (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. And it's, and it looks different for everyone too. And I think that's really important to acknowledge, is even. When I do create these courses or when someone's working with me one on one, it's really important to acknowledge that there's not this like one size fits all formula for every business owner or every person or every brand. And totally. it's like, no, it comes with you taking action and you experimenting and you trying something or you researching like it really is your version of what I'm teaching you. It's not just like follow my shit to a T and everything will be great. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. You- that's um one hundred percent. It's like there
0: can be a framework, there can be a formula, but it's not an exact formula. It's not like, you know, you put in the inputs and you'll get this thing spit out that's carbon copy of what everyone else is gonna get. Your own magic makes a really big difference mm-hmm. in whatever the outcome is. It's so
1: it uh it's so true. And one thing I've been talking a lot about is Like when it comes to creating, especially on the platform, I always say like, choose two ways that bring you the most joy on Instagram. So for me, it's Mm. stories and creating reels and just show up in those two ways, forget everything else. Just focus on the two that you love so that you create from a place of joy instead of obligation. And of course there's things in our businesses that we have to do out of obligation, but Social media should be the place where you really do have fun and you can play and experiment and and create from joy. And so that way, the other shit that you have to do, like the emails and the scheduling and those other obligations, it's not all lumped together. And I think it's really important. And I know the person on the other side of the screen and no matter what you're creating can feel that when you're creating out of trying, I think I have to do this because someone told me to do it, or I feel like I need to do this, or I need to do more lives or I need to do this. It's people can feel that on the other side of the screen. And I think it's really important for me, those little touches, because I have such a small following, like cultivating a really authentic, intentional community takes those little shifts of giving yourself permission to just create out of joy and stop creating out of, oh, I have to do this.
0: 100%. And like, I have a couple things that I say a lot that everyone always makes fun of me for saying, but we're in this for like the long game, right? It's about longevity, everything that we're doing. Like, whether it's for well being, right? Why, why you're eating eating the things that you're eating, why you're working out the way that you work out, or it's the way that you approach your work and your business and your life purpose. It's not to like blow your wad, you know. It's to do this and show up consistently forever for as long as you're here, and to make an impact on people, and so often when we first get started, we feel like we need to eat everything, right? We need to like do it all at once and doing it, do it in a year and like make a million dollars in the first year that we're in business. And when in reality, it's like actually narrow it down to like two or three things that you want to do and just like do those things with enthusiasm and with patience. And with joy. And like you're that's gonna take you so much farther than trying to spread yourself thin in every single direction.
1: It's so true. And then you don't burn yourself out because I know we've done like I I could speak for myself and say that I've tried to do all the things as the one-person show, and then you reach a place of burnout, and then you have to like give yourself some kind of time to catch up because you're so burnt out from trying to do it all. I love that. I, and I think it's I I that's exactly how I look at it. It's like you're in this, you're in this for the long haul, and you're not gonna have this overnight success or overnight, Mm. I I don't know where that comes from. And I think, I think probably because we live in a culture where there's this instant gratification with, you know, you can order an Amazon package and it's sent to you within a few hours or whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. We kind of think that that's supposed to happen and it's not, you are in this for the long haul. And I think, especially as an intuitive conscious business, like you are in this for the long haul to help people for as long as you choose to. But if that's the case, like, it's so important that you view it as that and don't, like you said, don't pull your wad all in one shot. Like, it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, it's really not. And like, everything you're saying, I'm just like, yeah,
0: fuck. Add to cart. That's all right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Upvote. Like, hyping you up over here all on Zoom. Like, I, I so 100% agree with it. And it's so hard to tell people that, who are struggling oh yeah yeah yeah. perhaps who like especially in this year in 2020 right i know you have a ton of students and uh, we have students too at holisticism where all that we want to do is like help them become profitable and run amazing intuitive businesses that they love and that support them and uh, their community and it can be so hard to tell people you know this isn't going to happen necessarily in like a month. It might take a little bit longer. Even things like, you know, stupid example, but SEO takes at least 90 days to kick in. Like we think that if we have because maybe it's so easy to like make a website overnight and make an Instagram and like start putting stuff out there. There's really no barrier to entry. We think that we're going to see results like that, but it takes laying a lot of groundwork and to circle all the way back, being strategic about what you do and why you're doing it.
1: Absolutely. And one thing I always talk about too, when you're using Instagram, for example, because that's what I teach as a tool for your business, you have to think about it's, I always say it's like a relationship. You're building a relationship with your ideal client and that takes time. Like you don't just meet them Mm -hmm. and then immediately want to marry them and like go live happily ever after. Like it takes time. It takes consistency. It takes communication. It takes building trust with them in order for them to know that when you do go to launch something that they know that they'll benefit from it and they want to support you. And that all takes time, but you're so right. Because I think about the times where I was struggling so fucking bad. And if someone was just like, well, it's just going to take some time. You're just, that's the, you're like, no, I don't have time. I have bills and I have rent and I need to buy groceries. And I, what the fuck? I don't have time. Like I need it now. Like I, Oh my God. And it's, I so agree with like, all I want is to help other conscious businesses thrive. And so I think that's also why I got obsessed with like algorithms and shit because I'm like, how do we hack capitalism and use these systems for <laughs> us to thrive? And so yeah. that's like my mission and my passion. I get such a high when I'm like a new update. Great. How can small businesses use this? Fuck yeah. 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 yeah,
0: that's such a good point. I mean, also, yeah, fuck capitalism. <laughs> and like being capitalism critical doesn't mean that you have to completely you know, go live, like, live, like, in a cave in a mountain, like, with no Wi-Fi and, like, no currency and, like, live off the land. It just means, like looking at capitalism being like this shit seems a little fucked up. What do you guys think? Can we make it like not fucked up in some way? One of the best ways to do that is to start a business and run it the way that you want and break the rules of capitalism that you see and like invest in communities that you care about and and pour back into your community if you're a business, which I think that you do so well. Like even the way that you interact with the people who follow you and who really like learn from you for free, how you invest back into them day after day after day. Do you ever get like butt hurt when you're giving away so much stuff for free? Um,
1: No, that's really, I, I haven't really thought about that. No. And I think part of it is I feel so grateful to be One of it is it builds trust with someone because one thing I always say too, is like, I know that I obsess about the algorithm and all these things that I'm like exploring and researching, but like you don't know that if I'm not sharing it with you, you have no idea. And if I hide that and then I just tell you, pay me, book me, buy my services. Why would I trust that you're the expert in what you're teaching? If you're not telling me how you're the expert in what you're teaching. So Mm. one, that's why it's really important for me. But two, it also, I feel so grateful to be at a place where I have a higher tier pay offering, a mid tier offering, and then I have completely free offerings. So, if because Mm. I have been in that place as a small business where I'm like, I can't afford even a $5 course. If you like, if that was what you're offering, shit, I, I really have to like pay for groceries and like putting food on the table this month. So, I feel so grateful that I'm like, I can be at a place now where I can give stuff away for free, whether you can afford it or not. If you are at that position, if it's that's the only thing that's accessible to you, like, I will give that to you because I so badly want you to get to a point where you are thriving and it is providing for you and you're getting to help as hundreds of your deal, your dream ideal client. Like that's the only goal that I have in mind. So it always feels really good to me.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. I upvote that. I love making free content. It's my favorite. It's it's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Like I just, it makes me so happy. And to your point, everything that you do, you are in relationship with your community. Like, and it's a long-term relationship. It's not a one-night stand, no shade to one-night stands. They're super fun. But like, these are long-term relationships and it's not one-sided, right? There's give and take, there's reciprocity is the word that I was looking for between the two of you. And between, between all of you, you're co-creating like, this together. So if there's anyone out there who's like, fuck, I'm tired of making free shit. When am I going to get paid? I would urge you like maybe to think of it as a relationship and, and to know that some t- relationships just take a little bit longer to build.
1: Totally. Absolutely. I think what was so fun for me too, is using Instagram and in my community as a way to experiment and test the waters and get direct mm. market research, to like, what are you? What do you yeah. want more of? And what would you pay yeah. for? Like, you can literally create a sticker or a post and ask, "What would you pay for? What do you need support in?" And you can get yes. hundreds of answers of your ideal clients telling you, "This is exactly what we would pay you for." And it's like when they tell you that, please listen. Like, listen. Like, one hundred
0: percent. That's so true. And okay, this is a spicy question. Have you ever? gotten people giving you feedback of like oh we really want this we really want you to make this and you're like that's not actually what you want me to make like there's actually something else that you want me to make and you think that you want that thing but you actually
1: want something else Ooh. have you gone through that experience Ooh. do you know what I'm talking about yes I do and I feel like it's kind of one of the things I sometimes I talk about this like with my intentional income community we're talking about this of like our clients and us as humans kind of have these like our soul wants, and like our ego wants, and sometimes a lot of t- a lot of times our ego is the thing that's speaking. Of like, I want a lot of followers. I want a lot of money. I want a lot of this. But like, really, you have to go into like, well, what does the soul like actually need? Like, what's under mm-hmm. there that I can deliver as a business for you? So that's kind of like what I would see is like people telling me this like ego want, which again, the ego is not a bad thing. I'm just it's that more whiny want of like materialism or love or tangible items and then it's like no you actually need this other thing that i am going to deliver mm. to you instead so yes yes totally
0: <laughs> yeah that's like when people think that what they need is more followers yes. and
1: you're
3: like
0: yes
1: actually no no, no. you don't need- <laughs> yeah i'm like do you know any of the names of your community it's like do you know anyone's name in your community like they're like, no. And I'm like, that's your error. is like, you're not looking at right. the people in front of you who are supporting you and are engaging with you. You're just like looking past them and looking at who you don't have and who you like, mm-hmm. I want those people over there. And it's like, well, the people that are in your community are gonna walk away because you actually aren't seeing them. Like it is so yeah. important for your community scene and to see them and not just like create a few. it's like, no, actually see them. What are their pain points? What are their joy points? love following you what can you help with what gifts do you have that support that it's like see them and stop looking past them
0: yes and a huge part of wealth or abundance or prosperity is gratitude Mm. like and being and seeing what you have being like this is fucking awesome like i'm so grateful that i have all of this whether it's you know my community of 100 people on instagram or my tiny studio bedroom apartment or something else but like that so often when we go back to gratitude, we're like, oh, I kind of have everything that I need. Or like, I don't actually need 10,000 followers. What I really want is like a community of 500 people who are super engaged with me. And that's so much that like actually sets us up for success.
1: Totally. So true. Mm. This was really good. Is there anything (laughs) else
0: that you want to talk about? Like that, any hot takes that we missed?
1: Oh, did we miss anything?
0: I don't think so. Can you give us three of your favorite community building ideas or exercises. Ooh, yes, 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 okay. I'm totally putting you on the spot Okay. Here, so <laughs> the, sorry. F- the
1: first one, <laughs> no, 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 I love this. Okay, so the first one is, and it sounds like such a simple shift, but when you show up on stories or I'll use stories because this is the place that I see it the most, is one, you don't have to explain why you're on there. You don't need to say like, hey, I'm popping on today to tell you this. Like, like just get straight oh, to I, it. You don't- just did that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it's oh, kind shit. of this way of like
1: asking for permission or like, you're like, no, you have permission to show up and tell me exactly what you want. One, so give yourself that permission. Okay. Okay, great. <laughs> Two, and it sounds like such a small shift, but, and it's, again, we hear so many other people doing it, but saying, hey, you guys, like talking to people in plural, because when you're posting a story, I am one person on the other side of the screen watching it. I'm not standing in mm-hmm. a room with hundreds of thousands of your other followers. It's just me and you. And so I love what you said at the beginning of this podcast where you're like, I feel like we talk every day because of I watch your stories. And it's like, that's what I want to create with someone is like, mm-hmm. and little shifts by stop saying you guys and just talking to them singularly and talking to just the one person instead of speaking to them like they're just one of a million people that you don't really give a shit about. It sounds so simple, but it makes such a big impact on the person on the yeah. other side to right the screen. Yeah. yeah.
0: That is like a huge energetic shift yes. too. Like, yeah, it'll make the other person feel amazing by just reframing that in your mind that you're talking to a person. You're not talking to like an anonymous wall of people. You're talking to a
1: human being. A thousand percent. It, it really, really does. It helps you change the dialect of like, or at least... I mean, I don't know if you see this in your community of like when someone kind of struggles with their ideal client or like, I don't know what those people like mm-hmm. that's too, I don't want to narrow it down or I don't want to, it's just, yes. it really is creating like but who is the human, like envision the human yes. that you are speaking to and you're right, we're not speaking to like a profile there's a human on that screen like who are you talking yeah. to? You're talking to a friend. Yeah, Yeah. you're
0: talking to a friend because your ideal client is a homie mm-hmm. Like they're, and there's someone that you know really, really well yes. so we'll talk to them like someone
1: that you Love to talk to. Exactly. Oh, the second thing is, and this is really important for me, and maybe it's not for everyone, but really taking the time to answer people's DMs or questions. Like, DMs are really, mm-hmm. especially if you're an introvert like I am, like, it's a really beautiful place to foster one on one connections mm-hmm. because a lot of people feel if you're building this trust the whole time, they feel safe to ask you like a question that maybe they wouldn't post on a feed or email. And and it's the same goes for email. If they're emailing you this question, like really take the time to intentionally answer them and don't just give them like a quick emoji or, and I know it does take time. And I know maybe for someone who has a massive following, this is really time consuming, but it was when I worked for bigger companies, I was paid to do this. I was paid to sit Mm. in their DMS and answer or their emails and get back to people. So again, Mm. people are feeling seen and taking care of and you not just feeling that because you actually give a shit, like give a shit about the people that want your help. And those really are kind of like in that warm lead section, too, of like if they're inquiring your information and your wisdom, like they're pretty close to wanting to work with you if they haven't already. And so mm-hmm. that's really important for me. That also helps with retention, yes. which is
0: an aspect of business that so many people forget. And it's one of our four pillars of intuitive business along growth, revenue, and impact. Retention's the fourth pillar. And so many people think about that first sale or that first product or just that singular service that they're providing someone but again this is a relationship you don't break up after they pay you exactly like you, you're continuing Ugh. to to foster a relationship with this person and that's really that's a big responsibility actually it and is. it's really
1: important it's so it's so important and i I know I personally have had like a reading with people that you never hear from them again after you pay them. And that never feels (laughs) good to me. I was like, (laughs) yeah, it feels like objectively shitty.
0: You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just like an anonymous person on the internet. I thought I was special. I thought I was different, but okay.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. And then the third one I would say, and this is probably my favorite, but it is Showing so like we talked about in the first tip it's kind of goes along with that of like you showing your human side and your authenticity Mm. and what makes you you and I think this is really important when you create content that you show your face or your voice or they get to feel your energy that really builds the relationship with the person on the other side of the screen. Cause now they get to see who you are and who the person behind the brand or business is, and the human. And I remember someone messaged me and they're like, well, I stay at home now. My hair is always messy and I don't wear makeup. I'm like, fuck it. That doesn't ma- like, like, why does that matter? Like show up as you, like you are a human. We want to see that side. And again, like talking about TikTok, like we love that. It's, it's authentic. It's magnetizing when we see someone showing up as them, whether it's a mess or put together and we mm-hmm. get to feel their energy and we all Also, if you're a practitioner of any sort, it gives your client a taste of what it's like to work with you. When they get to see who you are and hear you and feel you, they're going to know that you are for them or you're not for them. And you're going to draw that line in the sand and they'll go either way. So it's like, and those people that are your people are really your people. So I love doing that because- it immediately puts them into two lanes and it will quickly Mm -hmm. sort out who you don't need to go chasing after and who you need to foster relationship with.
0: Yeah. Well said. And I think most people our gut reaction is to try and be as pleasing and as palatable to as many people as possible. Right. We're like hoping that we don't offend anyone. We're hoping that we don't say anything wrong or sideways. And like, the thing is, Eventually, someone's gonna decide whether they're for you or not, right? Like, they're either gonna be like, Yeah, you're up my alley, or you're not. And you might as well get them to that point earlier because it's less painful for you and it's less painful for the other person, oh, right? Totally. Like, ugh. Oh, I'm sure we kind of talked about this with the dissonance between someone's persona on Instagram versus actually being with them in in real life. And it sounds like that was your experience working with this LA wellness company. Like it's so much more painful to realize someone is not for you when you've invested time and energy and brain power and brain space to them.
1: It's so true. And I always kind of think of it like when you're dating too, It's and it's how I approached my most recent relationship, but I never did it before of like waiting to show the person who you are until you're like months in front of them on the first date, just get it over with. (laughs) get it all out there and they'll either know like oh you're for me or you're not for me like I don't want to I don't want my boyfriend like a year later to be like this is actually who I am I'd be like oh (laughs) because it's so much more painful then so like just show them who you are yeah have sex with the lights on
0: like (laughs) fart in front of them on the first date yeah have bad breath in the morning just like be yourself you
4: know (laughs)
0: I feel like that's a perfect way to end (laughs) and those were... Chef's kiss, amazing tips. So thank you, Caitlin. How can everyone find you? I know that they they've already Googled you, so like, but how can they find you? They
1: can find me via Instagram at Caitlin Curiosity or at Curiosity Social Co. I'm supposed to be promoting that now, but I'm like, just follow me. It's fine. (laughs)
0: But you're telling yourself that you need to be promoting it, but you're also like,
1: but I just want to promote myself.
0: It's so much more fun over where I'm at. Like, I'm, Wait, uh, how are you balancing the two? Because this is, I mean, I personally find this so difficult with having a personal thing and then like having a company like that. It doesn't have my name attached to it other than behind the scenes. Like, how do you split your time? Between I would the love two? to. I was going to ask you the same thing because it is. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: it's like, I think because I'm like, I'm a generator. I have a shit ton of energy. And like, it's like still <laughs> so exhausting to be like, okay, on this channel, I need to post this and on this channel I need to post this and so I literally just give myself permission to whatever's lighting me up in the moment, and usually it's on my personal channel because I don't know why I just feel more playful there. But and on Curiosity Social Co, it just feels a little more professional, and like Mm. my face will pop up on stories to talk. But like, I guess I'm in experimentation right now with that, so I don't quite know the answer. But I am experimenting to see what works and what does not. (laughs) There's her three facts. She's gonna in the next three
0: months, she'll let us know how it works.
1: So, follow along
0: on exactly. both because she'll be delivering the goods on both. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> amazing. Well, this is so fun to talk to you, Caitlin. Thanks for making the time.
1: Thank you for having me. This is amazing. And I'm just so grateful. And so, my cheeks are, and I just, I love getting to learn from you. And you were such, I just want to like gush on you for a hot second because fuck it. But <laughs> truly, like, I I forget which course it was. So, I'm sorry. But I, taking the holisticism courses, Whenever that would last year was one of the first investments that I ever made in myself in my business. And that was scary, terrifying, because I was not in a financial place to really be making those decisions. But I so loved how you teach and your knowledge and your wisdom. And it was during a place where I was so lost and confused. And so I just can't gush about what you do and what you've built enough. And if anyone is thinking about taking a course from you or joining the North Node, <laughs> I say <said> do it. <laughs> oh my gosh, drop it. Yeah,
0: you're one of, you're one of my students. I, I wasn't sure if I could say yes. or not because I like to keep people,
1: no, some yeah. i like can be
0: a little bit more anonymous. Yeah. No. So Aww. it's just so cool to like, to see you grow too. And I remember that when you joined and you were like, this is big. This is a big moment so many because aha we were moments. talking about. Yeah, we were talking about, which is something I personally have gone through. When you don't invest a hundred percent in yourself. Yep. When you just save a little bit. When you like, you go seventy-five percent of the way, and for me. I would do that because I gave myself an out if I didn't succeed where I could say, well, I didn't completely invest in that thing that I wanted and that's why I didn't get it. Or like if I really gave it a hundred percent, I would have, you know, completed my goal or gotten the promotion or whatever. And I did that for so long. And then something in me was like, yo, dude, you got to play a bigger game. Like fucking go bigger, or go home. No more pussyfooting around. Like fail. Big and learn and no no regrets. Choose a better story. And that was I remember us talking about that. Oh
1: man. So And you went all in. I Look went in all mom. in. I yep. Yep. And I <laughs> God. It's I, I just love that. I just I love your approach and everything. You verbalized it better than I ever could. So I, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> Okay, well, this is a big, juicy love fest, but it was great. I loved it, and
0: I love learning from you, and I'm going to have to have you in the North Node at some point to oh, teach us about Instagram I because I can't do it. Oh, so. <laughs> 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 thanks, Caitlin, for coming on.
1: Thanks
2: for having me. Hi, everyone. It's me, Thais. She, her king. I would like to talk to you all about my Witch of the Week. Her name is Mia Motley. Mia Motley, who is this person, you may ask? Who is she? She is the first female prime minister of Barbados.
3: Wow. Okay.
2: Wow. I love a woman in power. 100%. Not only that, though, sis understands the importance of having an emancipated mind. And I think having a leader whose mind is emancipated and who's constantly striving for the emancipation of the group, I'm just in awe of how she navigates a country. Mm. And so one of the things about her that like is deeply inspiring is, well, she has this idea that we have to find our identity as Caribbean people for ourselves. Because right now, a lot of us are dealing with the backwaters of being colonized. And so there is a level of self-contempt. Whether we may or may not know it, the thing is we need to tap into it to understand what is our identity for ourselves as Caribbean people. And how I feel like it links to holisticism and, you know, the things that I'm just crazy over is she's saying what if we lit up our shadows around self-contempt and thus leaned into the abundance of what we can be as Caribbean people as leaders in this world I just got chills yeah that's amazing yeah she's just like no longer should we sit on the laurels of being easy island breezy when we can be leaders of a culture, we can be leaders with digital, we can be leaders in climate control, we can. And she's just listed off a bunch of people that came from the Caribbean. She's just like, it's not new. We have been innovators and creators and shifters of culture. Look at Robert Nesta Marley, you know, all of the things. And so she inspires me because she, as a Caribbean woman who lives in America, whose viewpoint is just so specific. It just, reminds me like yeah I do come from something that's great and I want to inspire other people to look at their well I want to inspire other Caribbean people I'm gonna be specific with it to just like step into their own the way she has for me and that's that wow I love
3: that I absolutely love that it's also just a reminder at least for me to continue to check into what's going on around the world because I'm In moments like this, I am reminded that we, I think in America, we always feel like we're the only ones in flux or in revolution or in like a stage of whatever we're in right now. And usually I feel like what's happening here is some, in some way, shape or form reflected out in the rest of the world, and so when I think about specifically like all the stuff that has happened, you know, in that this past year, all of the the protests and the revolutions and the overthrowing of power and the violence that was happening all over the world, and so to to see this in an example of Mia, you know, coming from the Caribbean and saying, hey this is our evolution and this is how we want to show up now in this new time, this new energy. Yeah. It's exciting because ultimately we are not just like the United States. We are a global unified world. And so we should all want for each other's evolution. And yeah, it's really awesome. Really cool.
0: Yeah. A- Emancipated mind should be your autobiography. Thais.
3: <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yes.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to shout out her Instagram handle. So, if any of you wanted to follow Mia Amor Motley, she's the Prime Minister of Barbados and the lead head of government within CARICOM. Her name is Ma Motley. It's M A M O T T L E Y. Beautiful. Strong name. I do love a global leader on Instagram. Yes. Like, she's got an active feed love to love to follow her go for it like the self-contempt speech is actually like a it's called pivot it's about caribbean mm. people pivoting and yeah i know i highly suggest everybody go watch it at one point somebody's cell phone goes off on her in the middle of her speech and i'm like how caribbean can you get this is so authentic <laughs> and so great she's just like yeah she's radical cool thank you for days. Your you're welcome i love every time i get to go it's like I like who I be choosing.
3: Yeah, yeah. I also feel like I've gotten so many. I follow two new people on Instagram because of these like Which of the Weeks that like I'm obsessed with. Like Flex Mommy, I'm on her Instagram every single day now, and I'm proud of her. Like I'm watching her business grow. Yeah, Yeah. she's amazing. But I, I do. I love these Which of the Weeks because I'm like I feel like my my community of women that like I admire and like pull inspiration from is like growing, which is really lovely. I love that.
2: Oh yeah. I just had to follow flex mommy real quick. Hit that follow button. (laughs)
3: She's (laughs) excellent.
2: (laughs) I'll be stingy with the follows though. I'll be stingy with the follows. So I feel selective,
4: selective. The yeah. certain mm-hmm. stuff. i be exactly. selective
2: with the follows. It's, you know, I really just be wanting to see regular people do regular things. Like, I just want to see a dirty bathroom mirror, you know? Make me, like, be real. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my TikTok
4: is my, like, regular regular, you know, insight. Instagram, for me, is still fantasy land, kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't really follow. to find
3: your TikTok.
4: Oh, yeah, follow Wallace's TikTok. Oh, no, I don't post anything. I just mean like the people that I or I don't anymore. The people that I follow, I feel like I see a lot of regular life from all over the world where you're like, okay, that's what Greek (laughs) bathrooms look like
3: (laughs) over there.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's right. TikTok's like the more human, messy version of us, like the unflattering angles. And Instagram is all about like Facetune.
3: Oh, yeah, (laughs) there. That's true. I, I do love some of those filters, but it's done. It's not the healthiest obsession.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I heard
0: somewhere that like a plastic surgery, like requests for plastic surgery, have gone through the roof this year because so many people are seeing themselves on Zoom and they don't like the way that they look.
3: And wow.
0: yeah, isn't that crazy? It makes me really. That is
3: crazy. That's sad. I think I've, I'll say the furthest extent that I've gone is I did definitely this summer buy the fake freckles. <laughs>
0: Wait, you bought fake
3: freckles? What did you? Or like makeup? Yeah. Like, how do you do makeup? It's freckle makeup. It's called freck. It comes in. It's a little liquid, and what you do is you freckle your face, and then you dot them so that they like sit, they rest, set on your skin, and then you put your makeup on, and you see the freckles underneath the makeup.
2: This went ahead and bought some freckles this summer. I'm dead. Okay, but it's no different
4: than wearing, like, <laughs> eyeshadow. You just wear it on a different part of your face.
3: Yeah, or putting a fake mole on. Like, people do shit like that all the time, you know? I love it. I
4: would like I to freckles. see you in your freckles. Place. I bet these are super cute. <laughs> yeah,
3: no, I yeah. do love them. So I will definitely wear them more often. <laughs> you
0: While know, I'm, like, bleaching my face trying to get my melasma to go away, which is, like, basically <laughs> just giant freckles that you are stuck with for life. It sucks. At least we have skin. Right? Yeah, there we go.
2: That's what
3: body nutrition okay. is. I have Kelly <laughs>
0: And have the resources
3: hair. to take care of it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's all good. Melasma is a bitch. I'll just say that.
4: <laughs> I can't see it. Maybe melasma is all in your mind. It's not. It's no.
2: not. <laughs> <laughs> it's but not. I appreciate that. <laughs> and you know what else starts with M? What, Thais? Mia Motley. Mia Motley! Look at that!
0: <laughs> Come all circle. Circle, <laughs> circle our witch of the week, Mia Motley!
3: <laughs> Double M.
4: <laughs> yeah, Thais, you know, you hit us with some real knowledge, and we were like, so skin problems. I love the Have you ever... <laughs> So, thank you for keeping us grounded. <laughs> yeah, I know there's like an American. Of the
0: mind and we got to skincare, which I feel like is appropriate. They go lens, hand in hand. Lens into my mindset right now. Just
4: like what I can do. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> oh,
3: great.
4: Let's um, emancipate ourselves from beauty standards. Amen. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. 100%. Well, thank you, Thais. But also embrace them like Flex Mommy. You know, it's all about
2: moderation. (laughs) Like, humble with your cuteness. Like, I'm not even humble with it. I just be like, yo, I'm cute and I know this. (laughs) You know it too.
4: Shine theory, you know? You shine, we all shine. That's true. It's the truth. It's true. sometimes I
0: get naked in front of Ethan and I say don't forget how hot I am right now when I'm old.
4: Just <laughs> like,
3: that's amazing. <laughs>
4: <And> he's like, <laughs> hey, I love that.
3: That's I just like, here I
4: am in my hotness. Look at it, appreciate hottest it. I'm going to be. So you better enjoy it.
3: Wow.
2: Yes. I love that.
0: Love it. Anyways, everyone's hot. And thank you, Thais. This was wonderful.
2: You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you all.
0: And thanks, everyone, for listening to 12th House podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, like us, follow us on Instagram, and we'll see you next week. Bye.